Hey friends, today I want to tell you about Melissa Arlena. She's one of our TMA favorite go-to SEO educators for photographers. With over 15 years of experience in both photography and SEO, she's crafted services that truly understand and meet your needs. Her aim is to make SEO simple for maternity, newborn, and family photographers. And if you're like me, I need simple when it comes to SEO. Her favorite way to help photographers tackle their website SEO is her signature group coaching program, Picture Perfect Rankings. Over a four month timeframe, you'll learn how to do keyword research, homepage and portfolio optimization, and blogging for 2024 that clients actually wanna read and drive crazy traffic to your website. Plus you'll have her to ask questions of and get her eyes on your work just to make sure it's perfect. For our listeners, there's a little perk, 20% off of shop products and courses. So head to melissaarlena.com forward slash picture dash perfect dash rankings and let's get your work the attention it deserves. I think a lot of times we're focused outside of our business on how we can market to new clients when we really a lot of times should be focused on the ones that we have. And just, and when I say client experience, really just giving them the absolute best client experience that we can, which I know you guys talk a lot about client experience, but when it comes to, I'm not meaning like wardrobe or things like that, but I always just try to treat them like friends. But even there's so many free things you can do. Like the best form of marketing really is client experience in my opinion, And there's so many free client experience things that you can do for people. Hey friends, today I have a great success story for you. I'm chatting with Alex McDougall of Alex Rose Photography. We talk all about how she never even intended to start a photography business, but ended up leaving her nursing career to go full time. 10 years later, she runs an incredibly successful photography business, which has mainly become passive income. She's able to take on one to two top clients each month while mainly focusing on managing her studio team and her separate rentable studio business. So now I present to you episode number 71 of the Motherhood Anthology podcast. Hey, Alex, I'm so excited to have you here today. Yes, thanks for having me. I am excited to be here. I'm a religious podcast listener. Are you? It's so funny because I love doing this podcast, but it's the weirdest thing because you just never know who's listening or we get numbers and you, it's really that many people are listening. Who are they and what do they think? And do they think I'm an idiot? You know? <laughs> no, it's been so fun to hear everyone's different yeah. stories and, and you're such a good host on here. So oh, you're sweet. Thank you. Let's just start out by you introducing yourself, tell everybody about you and your life, your business, all the things. Yes. So I am Alex. I own Alex Rose Photography. I'm in Oklahoma City, which is a really fun city to live in. I am married to my husband, Ryan, who is just the best human. I think anybody would say that about him. And I have three little ones, three kids. They are three, five, and five. And so I have been, I know you're tired, (laughs) thick of motherhood. Yeah. The past five years. And I came into motherhood in an unconventional way. We were in the middle of an adoption process for my oldest son, Henry found out we were pregnant in the middle of it. And 
So my two oldest are both five. They're not twins, but we like to call them twiblings. They're just a few months apart. And then when they were just almost two, we got a call that his birth mother was pregnant again and adopted his little sister. So we really quickly had three, three babies. So it's been wild. How fun. I hear that story a a lot that people adopt and then are pregnant immediately or during. That's funny how that works out. Would not recommend it, but (laughs) (laughs) tell me about your um, business. How did you find photography and Yeah. So I, let's see, I bought, saved for my first camera. I was in high school and my dad also helped me. I was traveling quite a bit. I wanted to go into the medical field. So I had medical missions planned for that. And I just wanted to document that. I had never planned on being a photographer or going into that, but I just wanted to document that, document my life. And so I did. I started taking pictures of that. I started nursing school, continued on that plan and found myself just so broke. I remember I was sitting in the Taco Bueno line and to buy my, I think it was like a $1 burrito. I was going to overdraw my account. Mm. Uh, And people had been asking me for pictures. I had taken friends pictures just for fun. And I knew I have got to figure out a way to make money to get myself through school. And so that next day I charged my first person for pictures and it just snowballed from there. I never, like I said, I never planned to be a photographer. I did that on the side all through nursing school to pay for my loans. And it just took over really organically. I just fell in love with it. What were you shooting? Just everything like we all start out doing? Yes. And the people I knew, I feel like I was doing families, young kids, babies, but I would do anything someone asked me for. I would do it. Senior. Mm -hmm just a little bit of everything. I tried, I think I associate shot maybe one or two weddings and I was like, these are too stressful. These are not for me. So I only tried that a couple times, but yeah, I just stayed mostly doing families, young kids, and then started to get into the newborn world. Once I got into babies in nursing schools, when I started to dip into newborn photography and fell in love with that as well. So did you finish nursing school? I did. Yep. I finished nursing school. I kept doing photography on the side. I During that, I had to start a business officially just to be legal and make money doing that. And so I kept doing that on the side. I started full-time nursing. I was doing night shift and I didn't want to end my business. I just felt like it was something I was growing and working towards. And so I would do a session here or there when people asked me on the side as I was doing that full-time and it just kept organically growing. I was doing it out of my house. So I was doing newborn sessions in my house. And finally, my husband was like, you're taking over our house. You've got to get a studio. And so I started looking around at spaces and the rest is history. I booked a lease with a studio space that was originally just for myself and opened a studio while I was still doing nursing full-time and just did both. I did both until I had my son, Henry. So, so How far, how many years in before you gave up nursing? I did not fully give up nursing. I was holding on to it with a clenched fist because I did all that school for it. But the great thing about nursing is I could do so little hours. So I just gradually faded it out. So I did, I think I went part-time, goodness, I think I did full-time nursing for five years. And then I went 
part-time where I was probably only doing one shift a month or a couple shifts a month. So mm-hmm. switching really into more photography at that point. And then whenever I had Henry, I think 2021 was when I just did my last shift that goodbye for mm-hmm. official. So about three years. Yeah, it's funny. We've talked about this, I think, on the last couple of um, podcasts, how many nurses become photographers. I don't know. It's like teachers, nurses, pharmacists. Um, and someone said, the thing about nursing is you can always go back. There'll always be a job for you because there's such a need. So it makes it a little less scary, I think, to make the leap. Yeah. Um, but so <clears throat> I think you you said you've been in business for 10 years And I want to get into the fact that now you have a lot of things going on. You have associate photographers and you have a studio that you rent out. But if you had to start, what do you, do you think it would be as easy to to be busy and have clients that you have now, if you were starting now, do you think that you are blessed to have maybe started 10 years ago? Or do you think it's, you think it's more challenging now? What do you think about that? I think one thing about, transitioning from a nurse to a photographer is it gave me this safety net to do what I wanted. There was no really, there wasn't a pressure on the photography side because I could pick up shifts if I, if I needed that extra money. So I really had this creative freedom to be able to say no to certain clients, to say yes to clients, to book what I wanted and to shoot what I wanted. And I think that creative freedom just really allowed me to be successful But I don't know. It was such a different time when I started. Like there was, it was really, it almost felt harder to get clients back then than it does now because there were, it felt like there was just a lot of trade secrets, the community, the photography community was very different in general. And I know, yeah, true. Do you think, I think about this sometimes because I used to shoot a lot and I barely shoot any now with all the other things going on. And I do. Sometimes I'm like, I want to shoot. I want to shoot some things again. And I think about just that momentum. Once you have that momentum, you like how smart it is to hang on to it because you're getting friends of friends and people are recommending you and you've got a steady stream of work that you're sharing and like all that momentum keeps moving you forward. I think when you take a break, sometimes I'm like, do you have to start all over? You know what I'm saying? So I think there definitely, I feel like there's a benefit to having many years behind you and the kind of momentum that carries you forward with that. Yes, absolutely. And I say this every day, I've been just blessed with somehow the best clients. I think, I feel like a lot of my success is attributed to them. Most of my clients are all word of mouth. My inquiries all come from word of mouth and through the years, I haven't had to do much marketing, actually, which I'm very thankful for. But it was like that in the beginning, and it still seems to be like that now. So I didn't ever really have to dive into the how much marketing has changed over the years. We do a mm-hmm. lot of that studio now, but for photography in general, I'm very thankful for my client base, which yes, like that has built been built over time, definitely. But I think just word of mouth has been huge for me. What would what advice would you give? to someone that maybe is only in a year or two that is saying, I'm having trouble finding a steady stream of clients. What advice would you give them? Because I think it probably is going to be slow, but you just have to really maximize your effort with every client so that they tell their friends and 
slowly but surely that's going to snowball. What would you say? What would you? Well, the first thing is I think a lot of times we're focused outside of our business on how we can market to new clients when we really a lot of times should be focused on the ones that we have. And just and when I say client experience, really just giving them the absolute best client experience that we can, which I know you guys talk a lot about client experience, but when it comes to I'm not meaning like wardrobe or things like that, but I always just tried to treat them like friends. But even there's so many free things you can do. Like the best form of marketing really is client experience, in my opinion. And there's so many free client experience things that you can do for people. Just even if it's just a quick text after your session saying that you're thinking of them during sessions, I try to pick up on little details about people. If they are having a surgery or if they're having a surgery or something, I'll run muffins by or something random like that. Or if they're at a milestone session and their baby's not sleeping, I'll send them a book and say, Hey, this really, the schedule in the back of this book really helped me, things like that. But I think making sure that experience goes so, so well that they can't help but talk about that experience with the people that they know is like the best form of marketing that you can do. And it's completely free. So just really honing in on the sessions that you have and focusing on those people, I think really will snowball. And that does take time. I don't think it takes, you know, 10 years or anything like that. I think you'll see the effects of that within a few months. Mm -hmm. But I think just really focusing on their experience and doing small things for them, that makes a big difference. Yeah. We've talked about the book Purple Cow and how if you see a field, the whole concept is if you see a field of cows, it's nothing remarkable. It's nothing really to talk about. But if you see a purple cow, man, that's different. And you're going to tell people about it. And I think you're right. If you could just sit and think about like, how can I do something that's not expected because if you deliver beautiful photography they paid you for that that's what they expected they they might mention she's great but she's not going to i think for the most part the client's not going to rave about that because they paid a premium for your beautiful work and that's what they expected but if you're dropping off muffins or <laughs> man that's so nice she didn't need to do that and that's special and i think we've all had that service somewhere from someone that was just, man, wow, they went above and beyond. Um, so I think that's really good advice. One thing I have Chick-fil-A, if you think it's someone, oh, yeah. customer service, one thing that they added in is the my pleasure thing, mm -hmm. an absolutely free way to improve their customer service. And so I think of things like that, what are just like tiny little things that don't cost you any money? that you can do to improve your experience. But have you heard of the, there's like the cake metaphor. If your clients are the cake and you're focused on sprinkles and icing, which could be like social media, marketing, you're doing all this extra stuff and you're neglecting the cake that's in the oven. Maybe you're not responding to their emails on time or you're not getting their galleries out on time because you're doing all that extra stuff. When reality is the cake is like burning in the oven. <laughs> That's what I think of when it comes to a lot of photography businesses is we're so worried on those, worried about those extra little things that sometimes we're forgetting about, you know, the main, the main priorities and like serving those clients well that we do have, especially mm -hmm. during events. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. I don't remember who someone was on the podcast and 
they said a similar thing. They're like, if you really want to stand out, just give great customer service, respond to emails, do what you say you're going to do, because that is more rare than you realize that people don't, they're so busy. And like, they're, like you said, we're always looking to book the next client. We need to share. We need to think about what our next promotion is going to be. And like, the easiest thing to do is just wow them with customer service because they will tell their friend and then they will book you. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Good stuff. Okay. So you quit your nursing job and you're shooting full time and you're in a studio. Did you start out underpricing yourself? Did you have to make a, a price jump at some point or did you start out like charging what you needed to charge? I, Definitely did not. I, I started so low. I stair-stepped, definitely stair-stepped my way up. I think that very first session, I think I charged $25 that next day. But I also, I didn't know anything about running a business. I was just a student that needed to pay day-to-day -day for day-to-day -day expenses. And I just slowly grew, um, but quickly figured out that was not sustainable. So I'm trying to think when I set I think after I graduated graduated was when I really set my prices. After I graduated nursing school was when I really set my prices and started to do IPS. Okay. So do you mind telling us what your pricing is like now? Like how you're structured? Yes. Yeah, so I am still IPS, which I say IPS in-person sales. A lot of my clients opt to do online appointments, but that's how it's structured. So they pay for the creative fee or the session fee, that is 150 or 250. So 250 with me and then 150 with my associate. So it's like a low price for the session. And then afterward they pick and choose after they see the gallery, they pick and choose what they want. And mine, it's all a la carte. So they can choose the digitals, the frames, the, the albums. So we have digitals, products, everything well, like that. Yeah. What do you, what would you say your average sale is? So my average sale, let me see. I should have run some numbers before that. So it's a little bit different. My associate's average sale is usually around a thousand. Mine is usually ranges between two to five thousand. That's awesome. But our so, cost of business is actually quite a bit lower. So we our cost of doing business is only actually around four fifty. So technically a client could spend or 50 if they wanted to, but that typically does not happen. We normally, yeah, average a thousand for my associates and then, yeah, quite a bit higher for mine. My clients that I take, I typically only take um, around one a month right now. And my clients are the ones that I'm booking are, have been with me for quite a few years, typically. That's where, I, that's what I do. And that's where I want to maximize that more in our studio because like I said, I do miss shooting um, and I do want to, I don't want to completely step back and we have associates as well. So is the pricing beyond the creative fee the same for products and prints? Yes, that's everything. Okay. And do most people opt for the in-person appointment or the online appointment? Most people have been opting for the online. And is that a, like a Zoom type session or is it more set up? in your galleries that kind of walks them through galleries it just walks you through it. I'm actually hoping one of my goals this year is to make a video almost a film that they play beforehand 
where we walk them through the products and just give our spill about why we love them and why this is how we do it. Right now, we do all that in an email and then they just get their online gallery and then they can, they also get a gallery with all the products, pictures of the products, and they can just check out almost like online shopping. Do you limit the time that they have to make their choices? Yes, they have three days and then we follow up. I have found when they would do it online, I follow up, I have to follow up probably like 20% of the time. Most people pick them that first day, they pick their selections. And then probably about a third of the time I have to follow up on that third day, which a lot of our clients are new moms. And so they're busy Mm -hmm. and we just follow up with them. And a lot of times I'll just ask if they can hop on a call that third day, if we can help them, what we can do, help the process and They usually have their selections ready. They just need to check out. So do you have a a person that's dedicated to that, like a salesperson or a studio manager, or is each photographer communicating with clients through the sale? So I actually do that part, but it is, it's really mostly streamlined and automated because we use Pixie set. So that's all kind of set up, but I'm the one who communicates the sales afterward. So I would be emailing them, following up and things like that. Okay. Okay. So I want to back up and ask you about the associates because I know there are a lot of people that have a lot of questions about that. So at what point did you decide to add a photographer to your team and what took you, what brought you to that decision? Yes. So when I had my son, Henry, I took a step back from shooting. First of all, I took two maternity leaves back to back. So that was a lot of time off. The studio was sitting very empty for a lot of the time. And so I decided that I wanted to rent it out for my maternity leave. So that's what got the ball rolling on associates. So I started renting the studio before I had an associate shooter. So I started to try to rent it out to a few girls contract girls. And I, at first it was just an idea to rent it to a couple girls that would potentially share the space. Even then it was just a little bit too much for me to keep up with. And so I reached out for help at that point. I think I posted on Instagram that I just needed a studio assistant to help me out. And I had my friend, Melissa respond, who is still on my team today. She's amazing. And she reached out and I said, please meet me for coffee. I need your help. And she did. And she was so great. So at that point, she took over a lot of the studio tasks, jumped on the team. So that was my first, very first person that I hired and that helped me out. She is now, she does shoot for me now, but that is how she started was just with helping with the studio. Did she become your first associate photographer? Yes. She became my first associate photographer. And actually she pitched it to me. She had an idea for a separate kind of session, but she said, well, you teach me, I'll just shoot under you and do do types of sessions. So basically I started teaching her. She started shooting for me and it was working out great. And I am very consistent in the way that I shoot. So it was really easy for me to teach someone because I shoot with the same settings, especially in studio. I'm shooting with the same lighting, same time of day, same settings. And so I started to teach her from there. I'm trying to think how it snowballed. We started doing hourly studio rentals. And so that's when the studio really started to take off. We knew we needed more help. We hired, Melissa started doing 
more associate shooting for me and we brought on someone else for the studio. So at that point, we just started growing the team. So she started doing more associate shooting. We brought on someone else to manage all the studio rentals. And we went from contract studio rentals to doing hourly studio rentals only, which was quite a bit more work, but it was a lot better to just do it by the hour. And, and that's how we still do it today is people can rent the studio by the hour. We also, at that point in time, we separated the two businesses. It was getting really confusing for people, for clients on whether they were booking a photo shoot or were they booking a studio rental. So we separated those two businesses and the names. So now my studio is called Rose and Salt Studio. And then my business is Alex Rose Photography so that there wasn't any confusion there. So now they're two completely separate businesses. Long story short, I'll tell you how my team is now because that maybe that will help answer some questions. But since then, that was in 2020. So it's been, goodness, four years since then. We have, there's 11 people on the team now, which sounds crazy to say. Wow. And we are in our second studio and it's, it's so fun. It's, we are in a space that's next to one of my very favorite coffee shops. And then on the other side, it has a little bakery and it is very busy. It, it's rented out hourly. I would say January is supposed to be a summer month also, and it is rented a lot of days, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. five, And that's one hour at a time. So it's been more successful than I ever thought it would be on the studio side. We have six interns, which is really fun. Four of them actually just started last week, two from last year. But they do all of our what we call studio resets. So there's one, one of them is at the studio each day, just resetting it and making sure it's clean, things like that. And then they also help with content. So like short form video, making reels, things like that. For the studio rental business. Yeah. And then I do have one, her name's Olivia, one admin assistant for the studio side of it. She does, she schedules like all the social media. She helps with some culling on the photography side. And then I also have one studio manager and she manages all the rentals. So she texts everyone who has it rented, make sure they're all set up, ready to go and manages all the rentals. There's me. And then on the photography side, I have my two associate shooters that, yeah, is 11. Um, You're a busy girl. Are you an Enneagram one or three? I'm a one. (laughs) (laughs) uh, They're also awesome. They really do a lot for me. Okay. So are you renting both studio spaces now and work out of them yourself? We're looking for a second space right now. Okay. So when I say, sorry, we were in our second space, we moved. Okay. So will you rent both of them or you're looking to have one to shoot yourself and one to keep the one rental? Is that your plan? I think I would rent both of them. It's been so busy that we really need a second one. Finding a space is hard. We've been in the weeds of looking for probably over a year now, and it's been just hard to find the right spot. Mm -hmm. But So what size, where are you again? Are you in a big city? I'm in Oklahoma City. Oh, yeah. So that's a lot of people, right? (laughs) So I'm just thinking, would this work in another town? It sounds like a great business model, but there there are a lot of photographers where you are. um, I'm part of Oklahoma City. It's definitely smaller than Fort Worth, bigger than Kansas City, but... Would you recommend someone like like doing the studio rental as a supplement to their business? It's 
sounds like it's been really good for you. I would. I think it was a hard transition for me. I am, I'm very type A. It was a, I had to truly let go of control because it is hard to share your space, especially when you're used to having your own space and having it a certain way. And there's cons that come with that and sharing a space. But when I really transitioned my mindset to, okay, this is the purpose of it to share. And then that was very helpful for me, but it's been a, a huge blessing for me um, to be able to do that. And truly, I think even if you had two or three other photographers in your community that wanted to share it with you or rent it out, it would be worth it because it would cover your expenses. True. Do you have any concern about like people replicating your style or your look or it looking like your work? Does that ever bother you? I, I really have tried to be on the community over competition side of, of it. And I haven't ever had a problem booking clients. And so that is, I think that's been easy for, for me to be really supportive of the community side of it. I truly think there's enough clients for everyone to go around. And maybe I've just been privileged to always have enough clients or not struggle with booking clients. But for me, it just doesn't bother me. No, I love our local photography community. I love teaching them in the studio or and seeing them and just improve and get better. Yeah. And I think that goes back to what we talked about earlier, where your advice that really building those relationships and doing those special things that kind of set you apart. People, though your work is beautiful, people are probably hiring you because they love you. And I think that's something that we take for granted sometimes is we think we have to like have this amazing work and I don't know if you've had this experience, but so many times when it's a session that I'm not the most proud of, almost to the point where I just want to say, maybe we should redo that. And those times, those have been the people that love, love and buy the most. So it, yeah. it's more about, I think, the how you what the whole like saying about it's not, it's how you make them feel. Absolutely. And I will tell you, Kim, if I could find a photographer here locally that could handle my three toddlers. I would pay so much money for <laughs> pictures. I really would. I have not found one here yet locally, but it just, oh. I hope people book me because they love me and they love my interactions with their families. And I think I'll still have clients, even if everyone is doing the same thing. See, I'll, I already like you and want to hang out with you so that you, there's just something about you that draws people to you like that. I can tell. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be friends. Let's do it. So I want to know a little more about your associates that shoot. How is that structured? Like, how did you, you said one, you was your initial hires as an, like an assistant that was helping you with other things besides shooting. But how did you find the second person? Were you looking to add someone to your team or you just? I wasn't. So Molly is my second associate shooter. She's awesome. So she actually started as an intern in 2022. So she was one of the interns in 2022. And I just, I saw, I feel like I saw natural talent and her she had started her own business already so actually Melissa and Molly both have their own photography businesses also that they run 
And so I asked Molly when she was finishing up her year internship with us, if she would associate shoot for me also. Two, two things that makes me think of one people ask, I want to add someone, but how do you hire? How do you find them? And I always think it's like dating. It's like when you stop looking, they will appear. (laughs) It's more important to wait until the right person comes along and you're like, oh, I love them. I trust them. They're, I know they're, they're right for this than to go looking and go, yeah, they check most of the boxes because it can be the best or the worst situation if it's wrong in my experience. Oh, absolutely. And I did not care. I did not care anything about how much they knew about the camera or their talent when it came to photography. I was like, can you handle a cranky toddler (laughs) and win over a grumpy dad? What is your personality? Do you like people? That's what, there's a lot of things that you cannot teach people or train people on that come naturally to people. And so that's what I was looking for, along with what's your personality like on the team? Will we get along? Just are you a kind person? There's so many things that are so much more important to me because anything with the camera, in my opinion, can be easily taught, but the other attributes are a lot harder to come by. 100%. Find the type of person that you want to work with and then everything else can be taught. That's my advice. Yeah. So you said they have, they still have their own businesses? They do. Yep. They both have their own businesses. Tell me how that works. Again, your market is big enough that they're not, people are not familiar with everyone. So let's say a client calls to book and you say, I have these photographers available. Like, how do you pick who books, who they book with? And then what keeps them from getting to know them and then just booking them through their business down the road? Oh, yeah. So they totally could if they wanted to. So the way that I schedule them is just based on availability. If a client says, hey, I'm really hoping to book a cake smash session in February, I would say, okay, here is what we have open. Let me know if any of these three days work for you. And so I would send maybe two of Molly's days, two of Melissa's days and whatever day worked for them, they would book. And so then from there, they would do the session. Now, if they went and researched and found their own photography businesses and found their websites and things like that, they could easily book them instead the next time, which that has happened before especially if I'm full through Alex Rose Photography. Sometimes I'll even refer my clients to their separate businesses because they'll have availability. Mine is limited. So I limit my associates to two sessions a week because that's as much as I can edit or handle on the communication side. So there's a lot of months where we can't take any more sessions. And so I'll even send my clients and refer them over to them. So our styles are different. That's another part of it too. And for example, I would say Molly's edits are like a little bit more dark, not dark, maybe a little bit more moody. And so it's a little bit different style. And so that I think differentiates us, but. And you're editing for your studio, their work. So they're shooting and then you're editing. Shooting and I'm, they're just shooting and I'm doing pretty much everything else on the photography side. They're shooting and then Olivia Coles for me, my admin assistant. So I do everything else on the photography side. Okay. I think that does make a difference as well, because so much of the style and the magic happens in the editing. So 
I'm sure they're getting something different by coming to your studio versus a difference to their own, the other studio. And I think it's interesting too. I think so many, and it's, even we've run into this in our studio, people get hung up on, I need to share their work and they need to pick the photographer that they want. And I think it's really smart that you're doing it based on availability. They're not really, they're not calling you asking for a specific photographer. If they want you, I'm sure they're saying that, but otherwise you're just offering them dates and plugging them in. And I bet you don't get. They can pick. I have which photographer are you interested in booking? And they can say Alex, Melissa, Molly, or anyone who's available. And so they can select on the inquiry. Okay. And then how do you guys keep it all um, straight internally? Do they just give you their availability there or there are like certain days where they're always available? Yeah. So it's different for each one. So I know, for example, Molly wants to have a session every single Thursday at 10 and 12. So I know without a doubt, unless she's out of town or something, she wants to book every single Thursday at 10 and 12. Melissa will send me her openings as she has them. And so it's different for each one. Um, Or if I have a client who's, hey, I am really hoping you have an opening on this specific day. I'll just send them a text and say, do either of you want this inquiry? Um, And how are they paid? Are they paid a flat fee or they paid a percentage? Are they getting paid for the product sales after? Yeah, so I pay them a percentage of the creative fee, and then I pay them the same percentage of the product sale. You mind sharing what that percentage is? 30%. You, are you looking to add more associates, did you say? No, not right now. No. Just because I am, I'm maxed out at the editing portion. I can't take any more sessions on, which that's something I, I don't know. I'm not ready to outsource that yet, but if I were ever... If I do ever decide to outsource that, then maybe I could take on some more. But for now, that's where I found a good balance, I think, of two per week and then one a month for me. And I finally found a stride in that. I think we've talked about some good stuff. I'm trying to think. Would you say that along the way that you've had a any mess ups or mistakes? Gosh, if I could go back and do this over, I would change this. Anything like that? So many. I'm like... <laughs> do I pick? Yeah, so many. I just have been figuring out day to day. My husband and I, we are he's always laughing at me because I'm forever I didn't major in anything about business or anything like that. I'm always Googling how to do everything or just taking it a day at a time. But some of the biggest mistakes I'm trying to think. I've learned a lot about running a team. I would definitely do things differently. When it comes to hiring people, letting people go, I don't love confrontation. There's things I would have done differently with confrontation or just avoiding confrontation. But one of the biggest ones is I remember I looked at the most beautiful studio space when I was first looking. It was this white Victorian house and I was just too scared. I was like, this is not worth the risk. And so instead I rented a space. And now I look back and I think, oh man, I should have just pulled the trigger on that. It was, it's probably quadruple price what it would have been to buy it at that point. And it is just a dream space. So I drive by that at least once a week and think, oh, I should have, I should have bought that spot. So that was probably my biggest one, but. And what would you 
what's your best advice for someone maybe just starting out? I would say don't be afraid to take baby steps. I think a lot of times we get overwhelmed or we get discouraged with our business and we want to make changes and we think we need to do a rebrand or restructure pricing or change everything or pay a lot of money to redo something. And it's okay to take baby steps and do small things that move in that direction because a lot of times it can be overwhelming. I think we become paralyzed with fear. We come, we become paralyzed with indecision and we don't do anything at all. And so just take small steps that you want to move in the right direction and, and that's okay. <laughs> and then you'll you know look back 10 years from now and you're like, wow, like I, I did some big things, but it just, yeah, small steps are okay. That'll be my big one. Absolutely. So many people think they have to see the goal line in every step to get there before they do anything. And the secret is, like you said, just take a little step and then take another one because until you step out and do that, you don't know right or wrong, left or right. You have to begin on the journey before you can pivot. And it's those pivots that really get you where you need to be. Yes. So good advice. Surround yourself with people or mentors or coaches that inspire you to take those steps, which this group, goodness, motherhood anthology would be like the perfect step to take, but just surround yourself with people that are going to inspire you to do that as well. Since you mentioned the membership, <laughs> you've been in the membership for a while, right? Yes. I think 2018 is when I first joined. That feels like a long time ago. I know. Time is just like flying by. What, what is your favorite part or what do you, what would you say has helped you the most about the membership? My favorite part. Oh goodness. I love, I just love all the educator videos. Like I will throw a huge pile of laundry on my bed. And I would do this even when the babies were tiny, throw a huge pile of laundry on my bed and I would turn on the educator videos and I would just watch them to pass the time while I would do my laundry or even on turn it on the background while I'm editing. But everyone, there's just a diverse group of teachers, which I love, but it's not so diverse that it's unrelatable. So I'd still want, I'd want to learn from everyone that's included. So I love that. I love the Facebook group, obviously. I know everyone says that, but it truly is just a, a great place for crowdsourcing when you have a problem or, and the feedback you can get from that. Those would be my two. My top you have a favorite piece of content that you could say is, that really helped you or that you just enjoyed the most. Yes. I love when you guys have Katie Beth Lamb. <laughs> She's one of my very favorites for sure. Any of her content. And then I just learned some tips. Some of my favorite tips I've gotten from Motherhood Anthology. When I'm looking for a location, I'll look on my GPS for the green spaces or I'm trying to think there's just, there's so many good ones in there. Thank you for saying that. I, I love to see behind the scenes of how other photographers run their sessions. There's so many on, you can just watch behind the scenes on how they work with their clients. And that's, I like to watch that behind the scenes. I'm going to hit you up, Alex, when we wrap up here for, I think you'd be a great educator. So we'll chat about that. <laughs> okay. Before I let you go, I want to ask you a couple of fun questions. What was the best advice you were ever given? The best advice I've ever given. Let's see. I think 
Okay, something that my church says often is do what matters or do things that matter. So I think about that a lot when I'm just in regular life, but I also apply that to my business. I think a lot of times we are just getting lost in the weeds. I think there's a statistic and I'm trying to even remember the number, but it's like less than half the things that we do for our business actually move the needle and matter in our business. So do things that matter. I have it written on my mirror. It was one of my favorites. I believe that. You have those days, I do, where you, when someone says, what did you do all day? And you can't tell them yeah. you were busy all day long. Those are the days I think, did anything I, did anything I did today really make a difference? <laughs> all the time. <laughs> okay. And I want to ask you that my, my signature question, how do you define success? I love, I always love hearing people's answer to this one. Mine would be loving God and loving others well, and just loving others that encompasses my family, my team, my clients, but just at the end of the day, did I love God well today? And did I love others well today? If so, then it feels like a successful day to me. Hmm. I love that. Thank you, Alex. This was so good. I know a lot of people are getting, um, get some great lessons and advice out of your talk today. And I thank you for being an open book, you sit up front. You can ask me anything. I don't mind sharing. So I appreciate that. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. Until next week, head over to the Motherhood Anthology community on Facebook and click join. There you'll find a free, warm, welcoming, and encouraging group of motherhood photography business owners. In that group, you can ask any and all questions and pick the brains of other business owners just like you. We'd love to have you there. I always love to end these with a quote, and I love this one by Marie Forleo. One of the most underrated secrets to success is to start before you're ready. So from Ireland's to yours, until next time, friends.